Hello, and welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast, conversations about impact, where entrepreneurs and leaders share how they have impact, the sweet moments, and the challenges. I'm your host, Ursula York. I help entrepreneurs grow successful businesses that make a difference in the world. Impact is more than mission, more than purpose, even more than your why. Impact is where your unique self and business meet the world and contribute to making it better for all of us. These stories are here to inspire and energize you so you can have your own unique impact. Today's guest on the podcast is Dr. Bob Nelson. Bob is the world's leading authority on employee recognition and engagement. He's worked with 80% of Fortune 500 companies and is a senior fellow for the conference board. He's authored over 30 books on employee motivation and engagement, selling over 5 million copies to date. Before we get started, I'm excited to share an opportunity with you the $1,000 marketing plan. Would it be a relief to bring in enough clients to make your big vision possible and not feel icky about your marketing? For just $1,000, you'll receive a customized plan for your business that focuses on your impact and clearly maps out your next steps for marketing your most valuable offering. Be in alignment with what you value and the change you wanna make in the world. Go to the $1,000marketingplan.com for more information. Click on any button to get started. Don't forget the whole name, the 1000indigitsmarketingplan.com. Click on any button to get your customized marketing plan underway. The link is also in the show notes. Welcome to the podcast, Bob. It's a delight to have you here. Thanks for having me. So, uh, I, I loved hearing about your book. I, I really enjoyed reading your book. And, uh, and yet, what comes into my mind is we don't often think of work and fun in the same breath. And why is it a topic that you're focused, you focused a whole book on? And I guess the, the things that make me think of are employee motivation, retention, organizational success. Why is that all part of the picture for you? Well, those are all really important issues. We have uh, 73% of CEOs right now said that they're, they're concerned about getting people back to work in the yeah. office. Right. And, uh, and of course, uh, hiring is, is uh, one of the, probably the hardest it's ever been. Yeah. That we have an extreme shortage of skilled labor in our country. And then we're, we're Faced now with the the great resignation, where in the last right. five months, twelve million plus employees have quit their jobs. That's expected to be twenty five percent of all employees in America before the end of the year. Wow, twenty five percent. Wow, uh, that's so, staggering. Now, so if you can, I mean, it's just logical. If you can hold on, every person you can hold on is less, one less person you have to hire, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. Uh, a lot of times people companies don't worry about their their employees till they're walking out the door yeah <laughs> unfortunately I, i've worked with uh companies where you know they've got a real problem with with turnover well what's your what do you think about for a solution we're going to hire more recruiters you go great <laughs> so you, <laughs> you get more people in faster to look around and say this is a terrible place to work <laughs> and i know what, it's kind of staggering why don't you the... just fix the problem well, yeah. To fix the problem, you got to start by realizing um, it's, you know, 
you can't start with saying, well, we're paying them well, we're paying them above average, we're, we've got benefits, what, what else is there? You, know, you got to yeah. say, well, here's a, here's a free brainstorm, why don't you ask them, what's important to them? Right. And, and they, might, they might say money, especially if they don't feel competitively paid, but mm, more times than not, they're going to say other things. Today, right. they probably say flexibility. And they'd right. say the, the ability to uh, work from home, at mm-hmm. least some. Um, and, and that's a whole debate right now. <laughs> right. Uh, it, it might be uh, what motivates us d- differs over our career. It might be more responsibility. It might be um, a, a chance to, you know, younger employees often want more time with their boss. Older employees want less time with the boss. They trust me to know I'm doing a good job. And so, and so it goes. So to, to treat the whole motivation aspect as one size fits all is, is always been uh, short-sighted. And so I've, I've had a career of trying to chip away at, at in many ways, common sense ideas that uh, are not common practice. As, as Voltaire said in the 1640s, that <laughs> what's common, um, common sense is often not common. Right. And so uh, I, I kind of got on the map with a book I wrote called Thousand um, One Ways to Reward Employees, which basically is a, a very research principle that you get what you reward, whatever you, whatever you reward, whatever you recognize, whatever you inspect, whatever you notice, you will get more of guaranteed. Yet, right. yet in my experience in working several, with several corporations, I didn't see where it was put into use very much. So yeah. I, I wanted to change that. And, and that book came out uh, uh, 26 years ago. It's now in its 64th printing has sold wow. over, over 2 million copies. Mm, so I've, I've uh, you know, it said that, that every author is writing the same book over and over. So I've, I've uh, expanded that, that fabric of my focus, but it's all, it's all kind of related. So I did a sure. thousand one ways to engage employees and, Right. And the latest book is uh, "Work Made Fun Gets Done" is is a piece of the puzzle as well. It's like mm-hmm. if in in the past work and and play were separate, and you know we pay you to work and and do whatever you want to do for fun on the weekends, not, not yeah. a problem. It's that kind of Puritan uh, approach to yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't have yeah. fun at work, and there's so much data. I mean, to speak to your point about the. Uh, what are employees motivated by? There's so much data to say that salary is is not the primary in motivator. All it's, other, it's I mean, important. in the sense of, of there's being, no doubt it's important. Yeah, you have to be at market levels, but yeah, or, but, or, or yeah. maybe above market levels. Yeah, come the area. Well, that, would, <laughs> you, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, but do uh, you do you recommend that um, this become part of how you evaluate performance. I mean, it's kind of a novel idea. I, I mean, I can see it being part of, I can see, are you motivating employees as a leader, for example, but, um, is, is this, is fun something that you no, think could even become part of it? Well, part of one of the, one of the challenges of, uh, proven yet common sense principles is that people already assume they're doing them. Well, yeah, I know, I know that. Of course, it's, it's important that, that people are treated right. That's why I, I'm so good at doing that. Oh, really? What do you do? It's like, why? Well, I'm always, you know, they, they tell you and then you go ask their people and they go, are we talking about the same person? They, they never, when they started the job seven years ago, they brought in donuts the first week. But, you know, we haven't seen any of that. <laughs> it's there, There's a, a knowing doing gap. 
Right. So even for right. the people that are trying to do the right thing, there's uh, on the topic of employee recognition, for example, which what's good, what's get simpler than thank people when they do a good job. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> but on, on that topic alone, although 99 plus percent of employees uh, say they want to be recognized when they do good work. Right. Uh, it's only uh, 12% that say they actually get it. Wow. And, and that's surprisingly it, low. Yeah. And 80%, whereas meanwhile, 80, 80% of managers think they're pretty good at it already. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that 80%, 12%, that's the gap where that on that topic, I'm trying to make a difference. And, and a lot of, you know, a lot of things you do to recognize people are fun, you know, a, a, a celebration at the end of the, the project, not a celebration just at, end, at Christmas, not a celebration, not a just a picnic during the summer, but, but performance-based mm-hmm. uh, in the time that it occurs, uh, the here and now. Management is what you do in the here and now, not what you do at the end of the year. That's ancient history in any, right. in any uh, playbook. So, yeah, it's just um, a given. So, so the uh, as in the, the challenge of of topics like this, like fun. So, actually, to answer your question, no, I would not. I would not uh, recommend evaluating managers on on how much fun they're doing because how then, fun they are. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because that that will uh, you know what you what you uh, focus on gets done. So, if they is in some ways that might be giving them permission to uh, have fun at the cost of productivity or the cost of mm-hmm. deadlines or the cost of quality or whatever it might be. So I, right. I would say it's just not that hard to work it into the, the formula to, to, and, and, you know, part of the, as, as frivolous as it sounds, this is a re- research-based book that uh, we, we started with the, the research uh, that determines the uh, fortunes, hundred best companies to work for in America which in any given year, you take those employees that work at the 100 best companies and, and they, they survey them. And what they, what they found is that um, the best companies, employees, 82% of employees say, this is a fun place to work, mm-hmm. 82%. Whereas in companies that apply for that honor but don't get it, it's only 62%. Mm-hmm. So almost a, a 20% differential, which turns out to be one of the largest in their research. So, so here's wow. a, a gaping hole again. And so if you're so focused on, on uh, you know, getting, getting market share or, or, or the, the sales numbers that there's no room left to, to thank and celebrate, then you're squeezing too hard. Right. <laughs> Back up a and, step. And, <laughs> and on, the, on the flip side of that, you look at um, at least uh, 10 or 20 years ago before the, the tech crash, when the tech companies where fun kind of took on more importance than value for investors. So it's, it's really about creating a balance. Yes. Is that fair to say? Uh, well, yeah, of course. Uh, the uh, the, the uh, dot-com bubble, and, yeah. and we're, we're in a different time now, so that's not expected to happen again. But but then it was it was uh, the surge to, to to start up and and to get venture capital um, was was um, uh, perhaps a, a little bit excessive and so and, <laughs> more and, readily available maybe yeah and and just sort of uh, economics uh, indicates that if you have you know if you have a dozen players in any given market there's, there's only going to be um, two or three that 
that uh, carry the, the market. So, um, but we, we digress. Uh, so, so fun, so fun, uh, you know, Deloitte uh, Consulting has labeled the 2020s as an era of workplace fun. And, and we, we agree with them because again, uh, given we just went through the, this you know, 18 month pandemic or we're still going through it, that uh, people have been cooped up, they've been isolated. Yeah, uh, the, I mean, there's been some benefits, more more family time, uh, perhaps, and maybe more reflective yeah. time. I.e., hmm, maybe that's why so many people are quitting. <laughs> they, they're clear about yeah. going forward. They don't want to do what they've been doing <laughs> the last right. few years or last ten years. And, yeah. uh, they got to do something more meaningful. Um, and, and well, then, I see the I see the pandemic really having an impact here because people are are looking at work very differently and yes, um, they the, should. the criteria have shifted i think yes as, a, as you said the great resignation has demonstrated and um so i'm not surprised to hear deloitte's assessment on that and also it's about it's about what's the nature of work really at its thank at a you. fundamental level thank you it, it absolutely is and uh in, in fact uh one of the, the quotes we have in the introduction um by uh a gentleman says, most people chase success at work, think that will make them happy. The truth is that happiness at work will make you successful. Mm. I really believe that. I really believe that, that if you focus, if you enjoy what you're doing, you will get better at it and, and yeah. uh, the money will come, you know. Uh, uh, so if it's if it's you're just worried about making enough money, and of course that's a reality. You've got to have that focus. But but if you have your your sights at uh, uh, a, a more enjoyable work experience where you where you love and are eager to each day, you know you know Steve Jobs he he used to as a daily practice. Uh, he, he said in the morning when he, he looked in the mirror. And he'd say, am I excited about what I have to do today? And if the answer was no for too many days in a row, he would make a change. <laughs> Interesting. And wow. I think, uh, wow, I think, I think that's, uh, that's a real kernel of, of truth. And because otherwise, if you don't, you, you end up uh, kind of, you know, giving up on life and going through the motions and the job, at least the commute's not that bad, you know, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And, and all, all by, by, uh, you, by, and you, you end up compromising and, right. you, and you end up, I, I'm, I'm just like so many, in my observation, so many employees um, are bystanders in their own career. They're, they're watching the world go by and they're, you know, just, in the routine and and doing the same thing day after day and try not to rock the boat and you know and well that, that's, I, mean, I, I mean that's that if that's uh what you want that's fine but you know and if you can pay your bills that's fine but mm, we spend the bulk of our waking hours trying to achieve uh, something with the thing we call work and what if that was something that you were passionate about? What if that was something yeah. that was you felt you felt really was making a difference? What right. if that was something that you not only enjoyed and were excited to do, which gave you energy, uh, but you also enjoyed who you did it with and who you did it for right. the whole the whole package? And now, you know, that's uh, 
the, well, the, you, you and I talked about this right before we started, where we were talking about impact and and uh, the folk being the focus of the podcast and and how that aspect of work is so important for people. Often in the past, people would do work because they needed to get paid, and uh, it wasn't really a, a passion. wasn't didn't really come into the equation. Yeah. Whereas yeah, now, for, for our, having our parents. having a sense of of having impact and contributing to something bigger is really an important part of part of work. Yes, in our previous generations, our parents and if not their parents, you were you were glad to get a job. I you know I, I my next door neighbor worked at at IBM. I know for for 30, 30 years, right to the point where they he was laid off. You know? But mm -hmm. uh, when he got that job and you know out of out of college, and he called his mom, she cried. You're set for life, you know. And yeah. and and I, you know, that there's there's some truth to that. But we're in we're in such a changing time, um, and I, I think I think it's hard to find that type of of um, final security because because circumstances and work environment and business are, are constantly changing. They're changing faster and faster. So uh, it's, it's, it's too easy to be a, a bystander and then, and then just do something because that's what you fell into. And yeah. I, I just, it just pains me that, that people would take a job because, ah, oh, you know, that a friend works there and then they, they do the job and then they, you know, come to hate it and they hate their boss. And finally they, they're fired and they go do it again somewhere else. It's like, oh my gosh, you do that five, five to seven times and there your career's done. And right. You know. Well, and and this is really, this is really uh, there's an element of privilege in that, in the sense that people like you and I have educations, we have opportunities that not everybody has. But in the in the realm of the professional world, absolutely. I think all of those things are yeah, are really well, there's, true. There's no, there's no doubt that uh uh, we have white privilege, and I, I feel very blessed. But at the same time, I I paid for every dime of my master's degree and mm -hmm. every dime of my PhD, which I did while I was working full time. So that was like a twice a twice a week, uh, hour and a half commute two ways for yeah. many many years. So um, yeah, if it's a uh, you know, there you, you can't have have uh, gains without uh, sacrifice, and sure. I, I you know not so I I, I don't know I, yeah. I just I just feel that uh, it pains me it pains me that I I've um, I feel that I've worked with so many companies, including eighty percent of the Fortune five hundred, that it seems like there's there's some people that are very motivated, and there's a lot of other people that are just bystanders and, and mm -hmm. going going along with things and yeah it's and true. keeping a low profile and well let's get into some specifics about how you can bring more fun and therefore motivation and and uh, performance into the workplace with this so um i mean it seems like there's quite a lot that i, I mean i i'd love to talk about leaders and their role in that but let's start with organizations because it seems like there's a lot of opportunity there for organizations to make things fun so yes uh, share share some ideas that people can implement pretty readily okay well or, or let me tell you a story because people love stories sure. and i yeah. was speaking to 800 people in in seattle and i noticed uh this 
this person in the front uh, row looked really familiar. I said, have we met before? He goes, yeah, yeah, I heard, I heard you speak six weeks ago but ah. when I was in Seattle, just uh, that, that soon before. And I, I left the room with one thing in mind. This is happening. I'm doing this. I, I liked what you said. I agreed with it completely. Mm. And I said, I'm going to go back and do this with my employees. Um, I'm not going to ask for permission. I'm just going to do what I think's right. And uh, she did. And I said, well, what, what did you do? And she said, why? Well, I created a happiness committee. It had five people and it was anonymous. No one knew who they were. So anyone could say it's time to do something, you know, um, morale's low or celebrate a, a new sale uh, or a new product, whatever it might be. And, and, uh, and uh, what, how, what types of things? Well, we had a picnic up on the roof. We'd never done that before. That was fun. And we bartered meeting space uh, with a company on the next block over in downtown Seattle. It was a limo company and they, they didn't have any place to meet together as staff. And we, we gave them that and they gave us free limo rides that we could use to <laughs> celebrate different <laughs> things. And just on and on, just, just uh, crazy creative. And, and, uh, it, and wouldn't you know, it it created a buzz in her department <laughs> to the mm-hmm. point where other managers were saying, "What's going on in your area? People are are so excited." Well, c- come to the next meeting. We don't have any secrets here, and and it, it kind of spread. You know, it's contagious. And and uh, fast forward, <laughs> eighteen months later, that company, Perkins Coy, a law firm of all things became, um, entered the list of best places to work in America in number 23. Wow. That I would, I would suggest from the, was from the efforts from one person. She was a, a manager of finance in the middle of the organization. She wasn't the CEO. One person mm-hmm. in the middle of the organization said, this is real. I'm doing it. <laughs> you know? I, I love that. I yeah, love that. That's, that's great. That's what a great potential. story. I, yeah. I, I had, I, you know, I just recently got a, I had someone uh, I hear from readers all the time. I've got 5 million books out in print. And, and this, this woman in Indiana wrote and said, you know, she said, you, your books give me permission to do things uh, that are the right things to do. And that's Ooh. what, that's what I love about, about that's your great. books. It's, it's, you are, you are, it's, it, I, she said, I feel like, like you're a you're a friend telling me to do the right thing and mm-hmm. giving me permission and giving you the research and giving the ideas and you know, all, I, all I have to do is all I have to do is act on it and you have well, to do, that speaks you have to do to, everything you do one thing you know? yeah well and your story really speaks to the role that an individual can play because you think well what how much can an individual do but on an organ it's shifted things on an organizational level so could, so that's a great example of of I that but. I can tell you a hundred stories on what an individual can do. Yeah. (laughs) A hundred stories off the top of my head. (laughs) I'll I'll just give you one, one for now. Yeah. There's a a company I worked with in, in Connecticut called Boardroom Inc. And they, they did a thing. Talk about simple. Uh, They asked every employee to submit two ideas each week. But how we can improve things around here, how we could save money, how we can better serve the customer, how, how we can streamline processes, whatever, whatever you want to two a week though from everyone. And, uh, and, you know, and they, they, uh, they stuck with that. And, and uh, it, it, <laughs> it took, took hold and it, it became a, uh, 
actually they 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 said that doing that um, led to a fivefold increase in their revenues in a three-year period. Just asking people for their best ideas and then taking those seriously. Not every idea, but they got thousands of ideas and they, they didn't do them all, but they did a lot of them. And, and every time they did, they improved profits a little bit, they improved service a little bit, and, right. and they got better and better. But so so the, I, the, the one idea I was going to share from that of the thousands was they had um, they do new, newsletter pub, publishing. They also do these big hardbound books. And and uh, a guy, a, a young kid in the shipping department, one of his suggestions for just one week said, hey, next time we get this book printed, this oversized book, if we trim the print size by a 16th of an inch, he calculated, it'd fall into the next postal rate and we'd save some money. And they go, wow. wow, is he right? And they cut up a book, he's right. And they did that in the first year. <laughs> they saved a half million dollars. Wow. <laughs> now, That's and, amazing. And the CEO, Marty Edelson, he told me, he told me Bob, I've been working in direct mail for 27 years. I didn't even know there was a fourth class postal rate. But to the, <laughs> the teenager that was staring at the, the postal chart day after day, he knew it was. If we can get in his head and his world and see what he sees and how things could be better. And, and actually listen to him, ask and then listen. <laughs> so yeah. that is, well, this is another kind of byproduct of this whole process is that people feel listened to. I mean, how often does do employees give feedback that I don't feel like I'm being heard? This is a way to bring in a positive suggestion that uh, could really shift things. We'll get back to the interview in just a moment. First, I want to share an offer with you, the $1,000 marketing plan. If your body tightens up just thinking about marketing, or if you're not sure what to do next to bring in a steady stream of business, then consider the $1,000 marketing plan. This plan, customized for your business, will center your marketing around the most important thing for your business, your impact. For an investment of $1,000, you'll have a plan that clearly maps out what to do for the next 6 to 12 months to market your best offering and bring in the income you want. Be in alignment with what you value and the change you want to make in the world. Go to the1000marketingplan.com and don't forget the whole name, the1000indigitsmarketingplan.com. For more information, click on any button to get started. The link is also in the show notes. In my research, 92% of employees want to be asked for their opinions and ideas. Mm-hmm. Sure. 92%. And Not doing surprising. so, what, what, does, what does that do when you, when you just say, hey? So, in, in fact, that, that same company I mentioned, Boardroom Inc., I, I remember an employee told me that her first day of work, <laughs> she didn't even know where she's going to be sitting yet. And she got pulled into a, a meeting and in that meeting, within 30 minutes on her first day in this company, someone turned to her and said, what do you think we should do about this idea, about this problem? And she said, I almost fell on the floor. I, I came from a job. <laughs> I'd been there eight years. No one ever asked me where I think, thought about anything. And here That's I don't great. even know where I'm sitting yet. They want to know what I think. And it felt pretty good. And, and it got me thinking more. And, and uh, the, the more I shared the, you know, and they'd say, well, that's a great idea. Why don't you go for it? How can we help you with it? <laughs> the, yeah, more, the more I did, the more I, the, the more excited I got. They, they, they told me also, by the way, that once they got the, the this eye power, they called it, implemented, all their turnover stopped. 
why would you leave? You can make you can make your job right now be anything you want it to be. Wow. That's great. <laughs> Stop. Well, well, that I mean, these are great examples. And you you've already given one about a leader who's been able to change things, but in that leadership role. What can leaders do to, to bring in more engagement, have more fun? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, for, the first thing I'm thinking about is meetings themselves, which meetings. are Let's talk about deadly. Meetings. And yeah, yes. absolutely. Yes, most meetings are unproductive. The bulk of the, the time, there's a lot of wasted time. You have to wait till everyone gets there, of course. And then and someone's got to leave before we're done. You know, so the, the amount of productive time is, is very small. Mm-hmm. And people, uh, you know, as a general rule, tend to hate them. And there's, there's a lot you can do for, you know, for, first of all, and I did a book about effective meetings way back. So, uh, you know, if it's, uh, don't have any standing meetings, uh, we're going to meet at, at Monday at 9, 9am. And we're going to do that every week from here until forever. It's like, don't do that because then that kind of say, well, people come and they're all passive, you know, and well, we got to get through this agenda. It's like, you know, couldn't we have just sent an email to people? <laughs> you know, it's like, so only meet when you have to have mm-hmm. a clear agenda, have people only invite the people that need to be there and make sure what's expected of them. That's radical. That's like, that's like a buzz. <laughs> Yes and no. It's 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 being not lazy is what it is. Well, I'm joking. I'm joking because <laughs> yeah. it's it seems obvious. It's like that common sense thing you were talking about before, but it isn't often implemented. And and then and then you know everyone needs to have an active role uh, at it. And if you if you don't, then maybe if you don't have anything to say. Then you probably shouldn't need to be at this meeting. You know, I have my my son works for a hundred percent virtual company, hundred percent. And they, they they don't miss a beat. It's incredible. They when they have meetings, everyone pre-records what they have to say, the people that are presenting on their on their cell phone and post it. And wow. That, and that everyone's expected to view those those clips prior to the meeting. And That's so brilliant. It is. And then when they start the meeting, they do a, a two-minute recap and they go to questions. And so you end up with a, a very short meeting and then and then the whole thing is is archived. So it's posted for someone that joins the company later. You know, uh, it's free. It's like, That's great. That's it, so productive. It is. And then and then, um, you know, it's 100 percent virtual. So they they um, once a week, they assign two random employees together virtually to get to know each other. And then uh, he lives in Seattle. They they do uh, meetups with other employees. <laughs> You know, they're making it all happen. They're, they're yeah. just not, they're, they're leaving out the, the boring part and the drudgery and already no one has to commute because it's hundred percent virtual. Great. But um, are there other things that leaders can do in how, how you're not just in a more like in a forum, like a meeting, but on a, on a ongoing basis. Yes. That well, they let, can do? let me give you one more. Let me give you a couple more just for meetings because that's a big part of, yeah. of work okay. life is, is like you can, you can, um, um, start the meeting differently. You can start with the meeting with, with uh, some type of recognition, a positive, in other words. You know, I, I worked with uh, ESPN. The manager that said, whenever we have a meeting, we start the same way every time. We name as a group five things that are going well, five mm-hmm. things. And, and uh, usually that's pretty easy to do. Sometimes it's not because things aren't going well, but mm-hmm. we never skip that step. 
because yeah, that that gives us a foundation that gives us the confidence to take on the next obstacle the next challenge well, and sets the tone for the meeting and for work moving forward our focus is on what's working as yes. opposed to a litany of problems overcoming how to creatively overcome these challenges and help yeah. each other to do it right. uh, you can um you, you if you haven't done this you got to try it uh you can do what's called a praise barrage and you could do this on zoom by the way Hey, before we get into the agenda, I want to just take a few minutes and go around our group. And as I name someone, like everyone else, to to speak out in terms of uh, what they most value about working with that person. Hundred percent positive. Let's start with Tom. Okay, now Mary. Now now Scott. And and it take you know ten minutes to do that. <clears throat> what have you just done? You've given people. A positive feedback about real, real uh, aspects of their behavior that are positively impacting the group and others. That is huge. That is yeah. huge because they feel valued. They 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 feel excited. They feel they're drawn closer to this people that appreciates them. And whatever I guarantee you, whatever you called out, they'll do even more of going forward because what what gets recognized gets repeated. It's yeah, a fact. I love that. I love that idea. <laughs> so you yeah, can do other... you can do that. You can do that virtually. You can do if you're together, you can pass out index cards. Everyone take a moment and, and jot down the thank yous that you owe other people in the group. And someone gets, you know, four or five index cards with thank yous for real things they did to help real people they work with. Mm-hmm. Man, that's what you that's where you build passion and commitment and, and relationships and team. And, and so that's that's an easy one. And then at the end of the meeting, you know. What what can we do to, as a you know, business uh, summaries and whatnot? But what can we do in terms of learnings together? I I worked with NASA, um, uh, Johnson Space Center's uh, last fall in Houston, Houston, Texas. They're they're ranked uh, number one best place to work in federal government, by the way. Mm-hmm. Two two point nine million employees. They're number one. <laughs> That does not happen by accident, <laughs> you know. And and it was easy to see just walking in the building. I could feel the energy. I could see it in, in I could hear it in conversations. I could see it on the walls. And so, uh, place like that, I I I look for. I, I learned from. And one of the things that I I was in some meetings. I saw w- when there was a meeting of managers. One of the things they did, as is their custom, <laughs> is to save the last ten minutes to each have each leader share something they've done to recognize someone on their staff since we last have been together. Wow. You you could literally feel the energy and pride of the group rise as they shared that. And I noticed something else. Their leaders would take notes on each other's ideas. That's a good one, Jerry. I'm going to try that. (laughs) They they became and remain a self-learning organization on the things that make them better and better. That's wow. Right. That, that, well, and you're implementing these things in companies that we usually consider to be like somber kinds of organizations like banks and, and huge corporations. Yes. And this isn't sort of an esoteric, That's tiny true. company thing. It's, it's applicable to any, any size company. Any place. And, and for, for that, that being said, I, that uh, whole idea about starting with recognition, uh, uh, Bank of America, I worked with them. They had 210,000 employees. They, I convinced them that that was so important. They couldn't leave it to chance. They created a corporate policy that if you're in a meeting, whether it's three people or 300, 
they ask you to start with something positive to recognize performance of some type of the department mm -hmm. of the individual of someone uh, finishing a degree or having a kid uh, just something something positive and and to get that into our ongoing system so it's not an afterthought you mm -hmm. know if it's if it's something we'll do when once all the work is done it's never going to happen right. <laughs> you know you have to, well, have to work so, it into it, the day it humanizes things because these are the kinds of things that you acknowledge in your life with other people and it, it seems to be sometimes left outside the door at work so. and yet and yet when you look at it it's it's for so many people it's the most important thing it's it's the life affirming thing it's mm -hmm. it's it's in in one study of of why people uh uh, most leave is the uh, one study by Robert Half and Associates found that the number one reason is they didn't feel um, valued for the work that they did. They didn't mm -hmm. they didn't feel appreciated for what they did on a daily basis, what they personally were doing. They right. they were kind of taken for granted. And hey, we're paying you. That's enough. You know, we get hey, got benefits even. That's that should surely do it. It's like well, no, that doesn't do it. That's that that makes the you know necessities of life. But it doesn't do anything for your soul and for your passion and for your commitment to your work, your your colleagues, your mission of the organization. It doesn't do anything for that, you know. That's right. and that's what really well, builds the uh, the power in 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 all this. Right. Well, now that that work is moving more in the virtual direction, I mean, part of this uh, whole pandemic impact has been companies really seeing the benefit of having people work remotely, both from a fixed cost perspective, but also an employee perspective. Is there anything unique to that environment that you think uh, can be brought forward in, in making it more engaging for people? Well, just, just to modify that statement you said, it's, it's, I think people are still struggling to see um, you know, what to keep, you know, <laughs> because although yeah. it was, it, it's been proven overwhelmingly that uh, people, are more productive working virtually. There, there's mm -hmm. fewer interruptions. They can get into a flow. Uh, they, they, um, there's no socializing. Not even counting the saved time in in the commute mm -hmm. and the cost. Uh, companies are are still struggling with that. Of of the 71% of people that worked from home during the pandemic. 65% said that they'd like to continue working from home and 58% said they would quit their jobs if forced to return full time to the office. Wow. <laughs> so it's like we know we know clearly where employees stand but but companies however they they uh, are are still kind of focused on maybe there's a little bit more flexibility now than over the last few months but they're focused more on what well, we got to get people back to the office like apple yeah. computer you know, here apple computer great great company they send out a letter to their employees that, that started we know you're all anxious to get back to the office yeah and not they, really they, they got <laughs> to some of uh feedback saying yeah what what gave you that why don't you why don't you ask us before you make a statement like that because we're not <laughs> a, eager to get back to the office and interesting and, yeah. and they, well, they just built that huge complex a few years ago so well I, this I is they're... this is another yeah. another variable because uh yeah. you know the average company spends fifty thousand dollars just on the 
the facilities for to mm-hmm. house employees. And so if you've got this uh, long-term lease or a new building, well, we yeah. got to put it to use. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so now we're, you have people come in just to justify that. Well, here's an yeah. idea, sublet, you know, here's an idea, get out of your lease. Yeah. Here's an idea. It doesn't make much sense. No, it's true. No, it, it doesn't. But, but to the yeah. person, you know, someone in accounting or the CEO say to, to justify that expense, It'll look like that was a waste of money if we don't use the building we just built. Well, hey, times change. This this yeah. <laughs> this seller. Well, it's a test of resilience and innovation, really. Yeah, and pivoting. Yeah. Can you pivot? Yeah, and it's absolutely. also trusting that the future is is now. You know, it, for a long like I talked on the topic of uh, managing virtual workers and and for for years, and and half my presentation were used to be talking about you know it's coming and here's here's why it's good for companies and here's why it's good for employees and here's here's the surveys and you know and and then you know the pandemic hit and and all of a sudden I could skip all that and say well now we're doing it and, and once yeah. you know it's working so we don't have to I don't have to convince you that it could work anymore and right and if it's if it's not let's talk about that because you know you can iron that out but um you know so if you're if you're, you take the uh, large New York City banks, City Citibank and Morgan Stanley and J.P. Morgan, and, and they they came out this summer, past summer, and and very clearly they expect you to be back in the office, and and, and I guess if you pay people enough, you can make them do anything, but why would you want to, you know? And and yeah, it uh, has downsides for the organization too. But I, I think I take your point. I mean, I love what you said. Trust that the future is now when you're responding to shifts instead of waiting for it you to become part of a wave, you can actually respond in right now. And overcome your fear of not believing people are working just because you can't see them. Yeah. Uh, set up yeah. a system that that gives you the evidence you need that the job's getting done. And and I'd, offhand, I don't care what that is, is that having people on available at at uh, on the chat line any time of the day, setting up, uh, having them log their their time and efforts, their work, having them uh, doing spot checks. I, I don't care what it is, but <laughs> set up something to get help you get over the trust issue, not yeah. them help you get over the trust issue right. that, that because you can't see me, you don't feel they're working. Um, that's they, a great point. The CEO of JP Morgan actually went so far as to say, if you can have dinner out in New York city, you can come to the office in New York city case closed. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! It's just like really. I, I now That's now. I wonder why. Point. I wonder why a million people have moved out of New York City during the yeah. pandemic. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, I love hearing these stories, Bob, and it so illustrates these points super well. And uh, you know, I wish we could just go on and on. I I always wrap up these interviews with uh, a little bit of conversation about impact and with three rapid round questions. So they're meant to be just. First thing that pops into your mind. All right, great. So the first one is, what's the biggest thing you've learned about having impact? Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I I I uh, wrote I wrote a book that sold that sold two million copies based on idea I had in a graduate school class. Ah. Uh, and and. <laughs> I, I I had an hour and a half commute. I I drove home and I typed out a letter to a, a New York City uh, publisher and sent it off. I spent two days. I spent two weeks, two weeks trying to get that 
person on the phone. And finally, I could hear, hear uh, his assistant say, this guy keeps calling. Would you talk to him? And, and on the line, I heard this from the, the president of the publisher. What do you want? I go, yeah, my name's Bob Nelson. I, I sent a, a letter and he, he, about a book. I, he cut me off. He goes, we're not going to respond to a letter. If there's a book you want to do, you have to do a proposal and you have to say yeah, of, the, of the 70,000 books that are published this year, why yours yeah. has to be one of them and why right. we're the only publisher who could possibly do it right. And he's, as he was hanging uh, up. What a great, what a great thing that he took time to do that. So. Yeah. Not, not a lot of time, like a minute. And as he, <laughs> as he was hanging up, he said, we get 10,000 proposals a year. We, we publish 24 books. Click. Yeah. Now I could have easily said, oh, well, I tried. But instead I said, hey, game on. <laughs> time to do a proposal. Great. Great. <laughs> and next time I met with him face to face. And, you know, and, and, and uh, I was. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. What a, okay. That's a nothing great question. Nothing that story. Yeah. Well, my next question is how is the impact that you have had, how has that changed you? <laughs> well, it's a, uh, roller coaster of ride that's fun it's uh i had my whole marketing plan for 12 years was answering my phone <laughs> you know i i i i i did something that i i strongly felt would make a difference as it made a difference i got in high demand hmm. and i loved uh, there's nothing beats uh you know being called uh, to travel around the world and across the country to present or to help companies or to, I worked with the United Nations. I, I wrote a book called Ubuntu on a, on a South African tradition of unity and connectedness. Mm-hmm. I've talked I, about that many times on this podcast. I was hired by Pfizer to present to a, a, a national African conference in Cape Town mm. on that concept. Here, I'm a, I'm a white guy from San Diego. Right? And yeah. I, I was asked to their, their country to talk about their concept. <laughs> so how did that change you, Bob? You know, I mean, yes, you've had, a, you've had a lot of impact. And has it changed you in any way? Or do you? It, do you it makes feel... me to keep wanting to do it and harder. Mm. You know, it makes mm. me, it makes me excited about doing stuff like this with you to say, mm-hmm. if, if I can, if I can reach a dozen or or two hundred or two thousand people through your podcast, I'm um, I'm going to be up for doing it. And if you ever call me back and want to talk again, I'll do that too. <laughs> so it's, it's like it's not a it's not a chore. It's a joy. Yeah, it's a joy to to share what I believe um, works and will make their life better. And in the process, it makes my life better and more joyous. So mm. it's a win win win. <laughs> That's great. Well, the last question is if you had a piece of advice to share or an insight to somebody asking themselves, how can I have more impact? What would you say in one sentence? Well, I quote Winston Churchill, who in his most famous speech to, to a bunch of, uh, I think it was a school and his entire speech went lustly. said, never, 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 never give up. Ooh, that's Thank great. you. <laughs> that was the, the whole talk. It's sort of like that's great. If if you believe in something, don't be dissuaded by the little people. Uh, that, that's great. I, I that's, remember, a, that's a perfect. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I had my. I remember. My, 
<laughs> I remember my my mother-in-law, uh, you know, she was visiting once and and she goes, Wow, Bob sure got lucky with that book. I know I've sold five million books now. Bob really got lucky with that book. <laughs> and, and my wife said, Luck had nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> she sees yeah. what you do every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She sees me out there yeah. pounding the pavement. And you know, Mark Mark yeah. Twain said, the harder you work, the luckier you get. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that is a great way to to end our conversation, Bob. Thank you so much for being here and thank you for all the things that you share that'll help organizations keep the good folks they have. And especially in times like these where that's becoming a a real challenge. I really appreciate your perspective and for being here. Um, An absolute delight, honestly. Great. Well, is there, uh, is there a way that people can reach out to you that you want to share? Yes. Well, you can find everything you need about me or any of my books on my website, www.drbobnelson.com, D-R-B-O-B-N-E-L-S-O-N.com. I have all my books at discounted prices. My, the latest book that we, we didn't talk that much about, Work Made Fun get, Gets Done, just, just is a finalist for um, the Owl Awards. It's the Outstanding Works in Literature in the Management Great. and Culture uh, uh, category that uh, was just announced a couple of days ago. So yeah, congratulations. That's, that's, that validation is, is, uh, is helpful because I know that, that, that can make it more meaningful for other people to take it seriously. And sure. that's, that's my, my hope for, yeah. um, on that fun and energizing topic. Great. Well, thank you so much again, Bob, and thank you for the work you're doing in the world. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. The same back to you. And, uh, Again, it's been a sheer delight. Thanks for listening. Join me for more episodes. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And help us spread the word. Rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. To discover more about your impact, schedule a business impact assessment. One-on-one with me, 60 minutes of focus on your and your company's impact and how you can increase it. Go to workalchemy.com slash BIA to schedule your business impact assessment. This podcast is produced on the traditional lands of the Cherokee, Tuscarora, Catawba, and Waccamaw Sioux and people. 